0: I will be reading from the complete Jewish Bible, 1 John 1, verses 1 through 10. The word which gives life, he existed from the beginning. We have heard him. We have seen him with our eyes. We have contemplated him. We have touched him with our hands. The life appeared and we have seen it. We are testifying to it and announcing it to you, eternal life. He was with the Father, and he appeared to us. What we have seen and heard, we are proclaiming to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. Our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Yeshua, the Messiah. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And this is the message which we have heard from him and proclaim to you. God is light, and there is no darkness in him, none. If we claim we have fellowship with him while we are walking in the darkness, we are lying and not living out the truth. But if we are walking in the light, As he is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of his Son, Yeshua, purifies us all from sin. If we claim not to have sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we acknowledge our sins, then since he is trustworthy and just, he will forgive them and purify us from all wrongdoing. If we claim we have not been sinning, then we are making him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Thank
1: you, Paula. It's good to be back in the land of the living. I felt like I had been a, um, um, a Klingon for the last couple of days. Um, and uh, I somehow had the basic conviction that there was a message, uh, a word that God wanted delivered and that it was his problem. And uh, so that's where I want to begin today, with the word of prayer. Father God, we, um, we thank you for this season of light, for your presence in our life. We bless your name, Lord, for the good word that you have for each of us to, the, to, the, uh, to receive, as you have spoken to us, Lord, today, through a number of different means. So we simply ask, Lord, that you give us the necessary discernment to hear what it is that you want us to hear, and the wisdom, Lord, how to apply it. And we ask this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Tis a season to be jolly, or so we're told. Um, there's an awful lot of uh, what I would call Michigan's kind of hurrying, scurrying, and uh, I know if if you have uh, watched um, TV and uh, have seen the uh, Hallmark Hall of Fame or the Kodak moment, you know where everybody's sitting around the table and. And uh, everything looks jolly. At some point you realize that things are a bit more complicated. Um, They certainly are for me because I did not grow up in a culture that was Christmas-oriented. We were Hanukkah-oriented. And the first time I really heard anything about Christmas was when we came to Toronto. And my Jewish band teacher referred to the Hanukkah bush. (laughs) And I had no clue what the Hanukkah bush is, but, you know, I went on to to find out. Um, And uh, when the Messianic movement uh, began uh, uh, here, in the late 70s and early 80s, then... um, people found it to be fashionable to be Christmas bashing you know and I won't get into all of that Um, and uh, I felt that God had something to say about Christmas bashing and I got first-hand experience Um, Joe and I had just been married less than a year and her Jewish brother Larry Goldwasser and his family had their Christmas tradition and so we came to St. Louis to spend spend the time with him and uh, I was confronted with basic choice am I going to be my usual ba humbug um, or am I going to engage in their family tradition well You know, the truth is, after you've walked with Yeshua for a while, you know who is God, and you know who isn't. And so the only decision that I felt I could make at that point was to help putting tinsels on the Christmas tree. And uh, it wasn't just slapped on there. I was instructed by um, Sharon Goldwasser that it had to be very carefully taken, uh, tinsel bit by bit and applied in a very specific manner. And I thought to myself, okay, uh, what is the greater good here? (laughs) Is this this little piece of tinsel or is it the fact that we wanted to establish A relationship with them and hopefully provide an opportunity not just for us to establish a relationship, but for the Lord to establish a relationship. And these two had come out of a Scientology background, so Tinsel was way off there. Um, But as I mentioned earlier, there's a great deal of um, busyness, franticness, confusion, particularly for us who come from a Jewish background. Um, and by the way, in Israel, Hanukkah isn't a huge celebration as it is here because it's sort of the the counter to, to Christmas. Um, so the real issue isn't so much what is taking place in Madison Avenue and in Macy's, and all the other, uh, and on online shopping. The bigger issue at any given time is, what is God's perspective on things? As Rabbi David mentioned earlier um, in the prayer for Israel, and uh, Dr. Dallaire mentioned as well about Joseph. At any given time, folks, the bigger perspective is, What does God have to say about something? And so we can get preoccupied and consumed um, with our opinion or other people's opinion or we can come back to what the Word of God tells us and what the Word of God tells us over and over and over again is job one is to see the Kingdom of God expand to be busy about the Father's business. Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever holidays we're celebrating. And to give you an explanation where we are as a Messianic congregation, uh, as was mentioned, we celebrate Hanukkah tomorrow as a festival of lights, not merely as a means to kind of shove Yeshua into it, um, Hanukkah has its own place. Why? Because it's another example of God's faithfulness to the nation of Israel. The fact that uh, the, the people were uh, threatened by enemies and God came through. You know, as I know it's not in the Bible, but the basic statement is they try to kill us, God won't let them. Now let's eat. So, we celebrate Hanukkah, but also for us um, the coming of the Master of the Universe into this world is hugely important for us. And so for us, um, we don't celebrate that as part of everything that takes place in December. Rather, we have opted to have a special day that we call Yom Yeshua. Um, that is typically the second Shabbat of January. Why? So that we get on the other side of all the intensity of the holidays and so that we are able to actually focus on the coming of Messiah into the world. We have an onik as part of our celebration because it's hugely important for us to remember what God did. And by the way, you may or may not know that Hanukkah initially was a sort of a belated Sukkot celebration. Uh, the festival of booths, tabernacles, there were huge uh, menorot candelabers on the Temple Mount that were visible from miles around. And um, so when the big, big bad wolf Antica's epiphanies came on the scene, uh, and eventually, uh, the Maccabees and people with them took control of the temple and cleansed it. It was time to celebrate another Sukkot. And initially, um, some of the things, some of the, the customs of Sukkot, including waving the lulav that you do in Sukkot, was done as part of Hanukkah. I bet you didn't know that. So we have to understand that because when Yeshua stands up in John eight twelve and says, I am the light of the world, that is taking place on Sukkot, the big, big, big festival. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And of course, in John, Yohanan, both the Gospel and the letters. Light is a huge topic. Um, Why? Well, we believe that the Gospel and the letters, the epistles, were written at the end of the first century at a time when believers were severely persecuted. And as Helen mentioned earlier, when we are at the bottom of of the dip, the bottom, the nadir is when we especially need to realize that God is in control, and we need to grasp the fact that yes, he is there, and yes he's working and so for these believers, as John is an old man, he wants to take them, he wants to fast forward um uh, with them or or rewind the tapes rather. To the very beginning, to remind them of the fact that God has been around from the very beginning. Which is why we we see in in the beginning of this chapter, that which was from the beginning. Um, Almost exactly the same words as what we find in the Gospel. In the beginning was the word. And also almost exactly the same words as we find in Genesis. Bereshit bara Elohim in the beginning. Why? Because you always want to go back to the reality of who God is. He's been around. He's been around. We're here. We're gone tomorrow. Um, As you get older, you kind of get that. But as we go through life, we want at any given time not to be consumed with the things that are smack dab in our face but we want to be able to uh, as Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 tells us to mount up with wings as eagles to have an eagle's eye perspective not a rabbits perspective so John Yohanan that's exactly what he does and he deals with a um, a perversion a heresy called Gnosticism, you may have heard of it, Uh, sort of a uh, old, new age kind of uh, perspective that basically said, God is up here, he's incredibly righteous, holy, we're down here, we're slime molds, okay, we get that. In order for us to get to God, we have to go through a series of uh, beings called eons, Uh, in order to reach God, because we can't make direct contact with Him. And in order to do that, we have to have this special knowledge, which is where, uh, Gnosis, which is where you get Gnosticism. Um, By the way, there's nothing new under the sun. If you're familiar with uh, Kabbalah, you know, Madonna, um, same kind of thing. God is up here, you have these Sfirot, these emanations that are up here, and we can't make direct contact with Him. And John, Yochanan, the old man here, takes an absolutely, positively categorical approach and says, absolutely not. Yes, God is incredibly holy, and yes, we are slime mold. However, because of Yeshua, we have the ability to know him directly and and he is not some kind of eon he is God who came in human form how do we know that and he goes on the beginning of these verses to basically talk about all the different ways that they knew that Yeshua was real we saw him we heard him we touched him in other words we, we weren't tripping We saw, and, and God presented himself to us, the infinite life of God himself took shape before us. That's from the message, uh, paraphrase. The infinite life of God himself took sh- shape before us. Think about that. You go through life, you're consumed with life. What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? What's going to happen? And then the infinite God takes shape before you. And you kind of settle down. You say, okay. God is still somehow in control. He is at work. And my spinning my wheels is not going to accomplish anything. In fact, it's going to be a distraction from seeing him. So John says, the purpose of him telling these... um, first century believers, is not just to convey a bunch of information, not just to say to them, okay, let me, let me give you this straight scoop. But he is saying that this has practical implications. Um, verse 3, we proclaim to you so that you may have fellowship with us and fellowship with the Father and his Son, Yeshua the Messiah. Now fellowship and communion is one of these wonderful words in scripture that give us us the warm fuzzies and we actually have no clue what it means. Um, What does it mean to have communion or fellowship with the Almighty God? Again, I I like what um, Eugene Peterson in in the message, the way he put it, we have shared life with God. Okay? In other words, when you get up in the morning, you realize that Almighty God is there with you. You somehow are sharing his life. You somehow have basic discernment and understanding who he is, what he's doing, what he has for you, and you are engaged in pursuing that, so life isn't about, God, I'm having a hard time, would you please get me out of this pit? But no, it is rather an attitude that says, God, I want to see you. I have to see you. I have to see who you are, what it is that you're doing, and based on that, I want to engage in what it is that you're, you have in mind. That's what it means to have fellowship with the Father and the Son, that, of course, requires that we have a basic understanding of who God is. Why am I saying that? The the truth, folks, is so much of the time we have embraced lies about who God is. Think about it. You know, because bad boss, bad father, whatever, we have this notion that the moment we're having a good time the almighty God is going to look down on us and say cut it out I want you to suffer which he allows at times but his basic commitment is that of restoration and redemption and joy not walking around like we are have swallowed several lemons and, and and that's what John is saying here. We write this to you to make our joy complete. See similar language in, in, in the gospel where Yeshua is saying, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is John 15. And um, John 16, until now you have not asked anything in my name. Ask and you will receive... And your joy will be complete. So, part of the message that John is saying, I want you to know who God is, that he's been in the beginning, that he's actively at work, not just so that you have a bunch of knowledge, but so that your life will be characterized by a shared life with God. Then he goes on to speak about God being light, pure light. There's not a trace of darkness in him. And you want to say, okay, that's lovely. What does that mean? Again, coming back to this paraphrase. If we claim that we experience the shared life with him and continue to stumble around in the dark, we're obviously lying through our teeth. We're not living what we claim. But if we walk in the light, God himself being the light, we also experience a shared life with one another as the sacrifice of the blood of Yeshua, God's son purges us from all sin. So, since God is light, and since we share life with him, are we going to stumble around as if we're in total darkness that's not possible that's not possible doesn't make a particle of sense and as as is true with our relationship with God in in general terms it's a mystery how we come to know God it's a mystery not because we're cute and clever and highly spiritual. It's a mystery. Somehow God reaches us. But there's also a part on our, there's, uh, there's a part on us that requires us to be collaborative, to partner with God in this process of growing into knowing Him, to share more and more of, of this life. It's a deliberate choice. Now, what does it mean to walk in the light? This, of course, comes from a Hebrew expression, "halach" to walk. Um, what does it mean? Well, it's from my perspective, it simply means to orient yourself towards towards the light. Now, I know that none of us like to think of ourselves as cockroaches but you know how it is, you open a the door, there are cockroaches the light comes in, Shit! the skedadder I'm convinced that there's a part of us that is cockroach-like that is, is allergic to light why? we don't want to be exposed we don't want to be exposed. We want everybody to think we're wonderful people. By the way, the Greek word f- from which we get person means a mask. Persona means a mask. So there's a part of us that wants to put on some nice facade on who we are because we're afraid of being exposed. Exposed. And the truth, folks, some of that is normal. You know, TMI, you really don't want to broadcast every single bit of yuck that's in little corners of your life and put them on display here. But the basic perspective is God is light. And if we share his life, we orient ourselves toward light, which means that we are eager to see that what is dark and ungodly and inappropriate in us, is exposed and dealt with. Now I know, I've crossed from preaching to meddling here, but (laughs) but this is a very basic teaching, not only here in the first letter, but also in Yeshua's teaching in the Gospel, in Chapter 3. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light, because their deeds are evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be plainly seen that what he has done has been done through God. So, basically it means transparency, folks. Transparency. Begins, first of all, you and God. We obviously can't snow God. We can't impress him because he has laser vision. He sees through all our stuff. But it's not just a passive kind of an attitude. It's an active attitude that says, God, where there is yuck, would you please expose it? Not so that everybody will look at me and laugh and think I'm an absolute idiot. Well, some of them do anyways. But please expose it so that it gets dealt with. So that there's cleansing. So that because the yuck goes away, there's more room for you. More room to be filled with the spirit. And we had the silly notion of, okay, misery, I, I, I know this misery, I'm, I don't want to change. Well, the truth is, growing requires change. Growing re- requires a commitment to orient ourselves towards the light, to be transparent with God. And to refuse to believe the lies about who he is. John goes on to say that if we walk in the light, we have fellowship, this shared life with God, but also with one another. Now, this gets real intense, folks. Because we, I'll speak for myself, much of the time do not want to be transparent. We want people to think well of us. And so, we are afraid that if people really know us, they would think badly of us and they would reject us. Folks, I see that all the time. Folks come into Yeshua Tzion who have been banged up and bruised up elsewhere and there is a basic wall around them. And an attitude of superficiality. Hi, bye, how you doing? The Broncos are great. (laughs) (laughs) But that's basically where it stops. That's basically where it stops. There's not the willingness to be open. To be transparent. And folks, this is a major value, community value at Yeshua Tzion, transparency. Our goal in this mishpacha, in this family, is to be transparent with one another. So that what you see is what you get. So when you talk to a brother and sister, you don't have several layers. You don't have to go through several layers in order to say, okay, now, what is he really or she really saying? What did they really mean? And if I turn my back to them, will they stab me? The truth, folks, is... None of us can protect ourselves. None of us can protect ourselves. We have this silly notion that we can protect ourselves. The only one who can is God. And so putting up walls and being non transparent is worse than zero. It's counterproductive. But it's worse than that. It goes against the grain of the Word of God that expects us to be in the light, to be oriented towards the light because God is light. Transparency is what it means to walk with God. Transparent with Him, transparent with one another. Transparent with Him because we know He loves us, We know he knows us thoroughly inside and out. He knows what we think before we think it. And we are secure and confident in our love relationship with God. And so because of that, we are transparent with him. And because of that, then we are enabled to be transparent with one another. We walk in the light as he is in the light. So what do you do with the bits of yuck, darkness? Yeshua, the blood of Messiah, the Messiah's atonement cleanses us from all sin. But it requires something here. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And here is the very familiar verse. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. Folks, that word all means all, not 99.5% means all. Which means. That you and I do not have a sin that's beyond God's ability to redeem and to cleanse. Amen. And if we know who God is, if we understand his nature, if we understand his covenant committed, loyal love to us, then we will say, Okay, God, you're the God of light. I want to orient myself in the light. I want to walk in the light with you and with each other. I'm not interested in putting a facade for anybody. Life is too short for that. Foolish. Counterproductive. And worst of all, it's ungodly. Back again to Eugene's Eugene Peterson's uh, paraphrase if we claim that we're free of sin we're only fooling ourselves a claim like that is errant nonsense on the other hand if we admit our sins we make a clean breast of them he won't let us down he will be true to himself he will forgive our sins and purge us from all wrongdoing if we claim we have never sinned we out and out contradict god we make a liar of him a claim like that only shows our ignorance of God. That's that's the mystery. That's the mystery, the complexity. That we know who God is. That he's incredibly holy. And yet, we know that he is incredibly loving to us. And so we want to line up with with who he is, to share his life, to share his priorities, to labor together, to partner with him, not just out there, but beginning here. Because remember, folks, what Yeshua said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, what God does here is displayed in what comes out of your mouth. Sooner or later, it'll leak out And you can put on a poker face and do all that. It won't get you anywhere. We walk in the light as he is in the light. We have shared experience with him and with one another. And the the atoning, atoning blood of Yeshua cleanses us. I hope here today that you want that that you want to experience the cleansing that God has for you so that you can continue to grow in walking in the light and sharing his life. Let's pray. Abba Father, we bless your name. Thank you. That you know us intimately, you know us inside and out, you know our good parts, you know our ugly parts, and yet you love us. We thank you for that confidence that you give us, Lord. The confidence that you are faithful. And Lord God, we want to respond out of that knowledge. We want to reciprocate to your love. And we simply pray, Lord God, that you would teach us what it means to share your life, to have fellowship with you, and to walk in the light, to be transparent before you, before one another. And out of that, Lord God, to share what you are doing with us in the life of others. We thank you, Lord God. For this marvelous redemption that you have for us on this season of light. Pray for each of us, Lord, that where we struggle in any of this, especially, Lord, in our view of who you are, Lord, we pray for a realignment a realignment of our understanding of who you are, that that will be the bedrock foundation for our life. We ask this in Yeshua's name. Amen.